However, standing by right now is the one and the only, Sean Mooney. Who? Mooney, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. After you threw him off through the announce table, Taker climbs back down, he gets in the ring, and he goes, see if he's breathing. So right before I called 911, I thought she'd fallen asleep. Kind of shook her a little bit to, to wake her up, and she did not respond. I don't go down to my, go to my grave testifying or whatever, swearing that Davey was not on drugs. If he was on drugs, the way Brett says, how does, I mean, how great does that make Davey? Are you laughing, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. Did you just laugh, Sean? You go ahead and chop me. Give me a big chop. I'll sell. I'll give you my whole chest and everything. And then I'll look at you like this, and then I'll punch you right in the mouth as hard as I can. (laughs) Attention, Sean Mooney, you scum, you slime, you maggot. If there's no further questions, you're dismissed. Carry on, maggot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Primetime with Sean Mooney. I'm so happy to be with you, and I hope you're all well. And that is something I would normally say, right? But uh, I especially mean it during these uh, crazy times that we're all living through with the uh, lockdown orders, the stay-at-home orders, um, you know, people self-quarantining, people working from home. And I really, I hope that this episode finds you safe and healthy and all your loved ones healthy as uh, we all try and get through this. And, uh, you know, where I am, it's it's been, uh, you know, not a bunch of changes for me in the sense that uh, I work in news, I uh, host a morning show, and uh, we've been busier than ever covering this for our local community. And, uh, you know, I'm still getting up every morning bright and early and uh, heading out. Uh, but a lot of uh, people that I know, uh, are you know working from home and it is a it's a whole new world for them because you know they're used to that routine and I, I know everybody's like oh work from home how great but I know after a while it's been it's wearing on people uh, because you know one day is the same as the next pretty much and uh, you're really thrown off on what you do every day and you've got to create these new habits to make yourself uh, get the work done so it's it's been really difficult on a lot of people. And also, one thing I've noticed the most, at least for me, is when you go out and you try and get the essential supplies or you go to a, a food store or you go to uh, you know something like a Home Depot or you know places that uh, where you need to get uh, materials um, that people are, you know, a lot of these stores are now letting only so many people in at a time. I've experienced that. Uh, you know, they've got the big X's on the floor where you can't be closer than six feet uh, with another person. And then also a lot of people wearing the masks. And uh, I, I wonder when this is all over, and uh, we hope to God that it's it's sooner rather than later, uh, I, I wonder how much, you know, this will continue on. You know, this uh, little bit of fear you know, in Asian countries, wearing masks is very common, but we're not used to seeing that here unless, you know, somebody who has respiratory problems or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of, it's it's strange to see people out and they're all wearing masks. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to be very conscious uh, around each other to make sure we don't invade other people's space. Uh, I'm sure you've caught yourself a couple of times. You see somebody you almost like go to shake a hand and you, oh, no, no, can't do that. So it's um, it's dramatically affected our lives. Every single person there is out there. 
Um, I hope on the positive side that maybe you've gotten a chance to, uh, you know, be around your family a lot more and uh, spend time with them and maybe, uh, you know, get in touch with friends. A lot of people are doing uh, the Zoom thing. You know, uh, I had never even heard of Zoom before this. Now it's, uh, you know, it's the, it's a thing. Uh, everybody gets on. I, 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 like, for example, uh, for Easter, you know, we have a, a huge party every year. My parents have this huge gathering. I mean, like a hundred people. It's just something become a part of a, a tradition with them, and we couldn't do that this year. So uh, my sister organized a Zoom uh, party, basically, where uh, we got my parents on, and all of a sudden everybody popped up. And uh, you know, it was it wasn't the same, of course, as being together, but there was really a sense of that we were still together. We could, t- you know, reach out and and can't touch each other but you can you know talk and we had uh, a cousin of mine and from back east and a couple other people from around the country a niece who's in san francisco so it was uh, it was cool uh you know of course people you know talk over each other and somebody's muted and they can't figure out how they can i can't you can't hear me what's a, uh you know it's not zam it's it's zoom and uh you know, it's but it's funny uh that, that's a, like an snl skit uh you know that's already made <laughs> like every day but uh the point of it is though that people are finding ways to stay in touch with each other which is just fantastic i have to tell you um, but uh, would we like it to be another way? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the loss of life and uh, just the, the fear of the unknown because we really still don't have a lot of answers. We're getting more and more every day, and uh, we hope to God that we're on the other side of this. A lot of uh, cities are starting to see a downtrend here, which is great, and uh, not as many new cases. Um, deaths are flattening out, so... Uh, it, it is awful. It is tragic. But I do pray that uh, maybe, you know, we're we're on the downside of this and that uh, we will be able to sometime soon get back to uh, our normal lives or at least some aspect of it where people can get back to work and we can't keep doing this. Our economy is just going to really, really suffer. It's going to suffer anyway. But the longer that we do this, uh, it's dramatically affecting, um, you know, people's incomes. And there's just a whole other side of that that just could go south and be bad for a really long time. So uh, I'm just uh, praying every day that this this uh, gets better. And uh, as I said, I, and I hope that you're all doing well. Um, uh, thanks again, though, for tuning in and listening to uh, Primetime with Sean Mooney. I hope that uh, you've had a chance to catch all the episodes that we've been putting out there uh, as of late, a lot of content. And, of course, we've got the Mondays that we drop the uh, watch-alongs and then original episodes on Wednesdays and then vault episodes on Saturdays. And you can catch all that. They, they drop at 6 a.m. Uh, for folks that are Patreon members, uh, you, you get all of that uh, content uh, early and ad-free. Uh, you don't have to have, deal with the ads or anything like that, and you get it earlier than anybody else. And we've been throwing up a lot of video now. Whenever I can do an interview with uh, a guest that has the ability to get on Skype with us and do video, uh, I do that, and uh, we throw that up on on Patreon early. And then, of course, a couple weeks down the road from there, then we send it up on uh, YouTube so you can see it. But that's added a whole new aspect to it where you actually get to see uh, the other person that I'm interviewing and their reaction. And uh, sometimes we get a little something extra there. Uh, For example, Charles Robinson uh, took us on a tour of his house and showed us his his uh, George Michael Museum, shrine, uh, whatever you want to call it. But uh, that's that's been a lot of fun. So every chance I get now, I'm trying to uh, 
get get these folks on uh, video with me, and that is uh, adding uh, different content. So a lot coming up, a lot coming up, and I'm also thinking of reviving um, the upside of 40 because I, I got a big reaction from that. I don't know uh, how many people were from the the podcast, but uh, it just got to be too much. It wasn't growing as fast as I wanted it to. But I think uh, at a time like this, uh, where we can get people on and talk about, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's going on and uh, how things are improving. So I may, I may try and get that going maybe in a couple of weeks. But uh, in the meantime, then we still have all kinds of content coming your way. We're coming off an episode with Aaron Stevens, who is one of my favorite people. And uh, just, a, just a great uh, chat with him. Uh, as we begin, he's... he's he tells the tale and literally the pigtail of uh, having these potbelly pigs. He's out in Los Angeles working on, uh, you know, with uh, doing some acting out there. Of course, he's kind of in limbo with everything else with the NWA. Is uh, I mean, all all wrestling organizations are on an indefinite hiatus right now, unfortunately. But uh, when we talked, he was out in Los Angeles staying out there, and the the place that he's staying at is. Uh, some kind of a farm in Malibu or the, or the house, whatever the person that he's staying with has all kinds of uh, animals a menagerie. And uh, I got this, this text for him saying, Sean, can we push the interview back a half hour? I'm having a problem with the pigs and have to fix the pen. That was a text I got. And so when we got on, I couldn't wait to ask him about that. And of course it's a great story. It involves heel pigs. So I'm going to leave it at that, but you gotta, you gotta check that out if you haven't so far. But, um, just he's such a, an interesting uh, person in in the journey that he's traveled uh, the 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 road that he's traveled is just uh, fascinating because here's a guy that uh, really got noticed right away uh, he basically began his career with the WWE i mean how many people get a chance to do that and uh, he's had a, a great run there and then he's worked with other organizations and now he's expanded and into this acting career and getting some you know pretty big sized parts so uh check out that episode aaron stevens is uh just uh he's just a lot of fun and i love what he's doing with the nwa right now the the whole the question mark and he's 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 a great heel so check out that episode with aaron stevens if you haven't yet and uh just love having him on aaron thanks again for uh coming on ptsm and of course, we just followed up with a, with another episode that I think you're really going to enjoy. And uh, you know, you, you look up uh, the the definition of, of journeyman, and uh, they should have a picture of George South there, because this this guy uh, has seen it all. Uh, he was uh, one of those guys in the early days that uh, traveled the territories. Um, you know, got shots with different organizations. And as he says in this, this conversation that we have, he's never been under contract, never had a contract where he was guaranteed money. And that is true to this day, but he's made a living out of it. And so you have to imagine that right now he's one of those guys out there that, uh, I mean, he's still working, but you know, he's got a wrestling school and he still makes appearances all over the place. And even, and he steps into the ring. You saw that, uh, he was, uh, part of uh, circle squared, uh, the, the, uh, program that, uh, NWA has and gives people a chance and they don't necessarily have to be brand new to the business, <laughs> which, which includes, uh, uh, George South, who's been around a long time, 
but uh, he had just a great perspective on on uh, the the business of professional wrestling and how it's impacting uh, what what's happening right now is impacting the business and people like him uh, who depend on getting these bookings. Uh, right now, you know, we went through WrestleMania season here, and that is a big time of year for these guys, uh, especially that that week, because many of them get multiple multiple bookings and you know make the most money they do for the entire year. They depend on that, and these are these are people that have families. They've got mortgages, you know, they've got houses or rent to pay, and it's basically just stopped. So, uh, great conversation with him, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. So, what do you say? Let's let's just get to it. Uh, here's my conversation with George South. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, folks, my guest this episode is definitely old school, and you know you love that. You love to hear that. A man who has traveled the many old school highways across the country over the years, a veteran during the 80s and 90s, working for organizations like Mid-South, Jim Crockett Productions, Georgia Championship Wrestling, even the PWF, as well as the WWF and WCW. And he is still stepping into the ring and getting it done. Uh, he did so recently with the new NWA, and uh, I'm really excited to welcome George South. George, how are you? Thank you, my friend. John, I'm so excited, buddy. I just appreciate you having me on here today. And, uh, man, I'm ready to get started. I'm doing great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you got a, a, another career starting again. <laughs> I don't know how many times <laughs> this has uh, been for you, but, uh, folks, you know, I was uh, at the TV tapings. Uh, they had uh, the Circle Squared, which uh, George appeared in. Right. And, uh, I, I, man, you you were over. this. this I don't For people, I know there were people there that knew who you were, but man, you got right. a lot of fans, uh, you know, right from just uh, seeing you out there. Uh, right. How have you been able to just stay at it for so long? Well, you know, I've been blessed. You know, Sean, yeah. what was so funny about that night at the NWA? They were kind of joking with me in the back that you know it took me forty-one years, uh, you know, to finally get to the NWA. <laughs> but no, it's just man, my body filled up, and, and uh, like I said, just been real blessed. And man, I still love it. Uh, John, I know we hear that so much nowadays, but I really do. I, I uh, uh, it was funny that day. We, you know, we did those interviews that morning, and uh, right. the young lady behind the camera, she didn't really know who I was, but she said, "What is your ambition?" Uh, you know, here in the NWA, and yeah. jokingly, I said, "Well, ma'am, I never quit the NWA." <laughs> I right. said, "I started in 1980, yeah. you know, for the NWA, and I just never left." Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if she got that joke, but it was kind of it was kind of funny that uh, you know I I never left the NWA. No, I'm you just, didn't. I just come back. You're so. always part of it, and uh, you know you're seeing that uh, resurgence of uh, NWA, and it's uh, going really well. But uh, we've all been experiencing an interruption here, and uh, I know that uh, right. along the way you've experienced a lot of ups and downs. If you're a professional wrestler, that's part of your life. But uh, right. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, and and of course there are millions of people who work hard every day, uh, you know, trying to just work and take care of their families. But uh, professional right. wrestlers are special people because you are an independent contractor. You've got uh, right. you're basically the business yourself. So uh, you know when something like this hits, how bad is it? Uh, because that's your lifeline. That's your uh, it, it sure is your lifeblood. 
and, and you know, Sean, I, I want to tell you before I forget, Ricky Morton, who I spoke to this morning, uh, he wanted me to tell you hello. I told him that I was going to be talking to you, and he, he asked me to tell you hello. So I wanted to make sure I did that. But, you know, me and me and Ricky Morton were talking this morning just about this, Sean, and what, yeah. what affects us just a little bit, I think, different is the ball ain't in our court. In other words, uh, the high schools were – you know, they've canceled. Everything twinkles down to us pro wrestlers because the, the, the arenas, uh, the, the high schools, the colleges, wherever we're going to perform at, they make, they make, they made a decision to shut all these places down. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's our decision or not, we kind of have to rely on them. And of course that, that's been real, real hard, but jokingly, I, you know, there's always a, a bright spot out of all this. And I've joked with everybody, you know, and, Early in my career, you know, Dusty Rhodes had me lose to the Malky brothers and, and you know, the Ding Dongs, that famous yeah. Oh, yeah. WCW gimmick. Yeah. I lost to both teams in, like, the same week. <laughs> so if that happens to you early on, you can about handle anything else, yeah, that... you know, that this, that this business throws at you. So so I told everybody, I think everybody in pro wrestling should, should lose to the Mulkies and the Ding Dongs in one week, and everything else is just gravy. I mean, you know that's buddy. That if that don't test you, yeah, uh, nothing will. So, about hitting, so that got me prepared. Yeah, buddy. hitting bottom. But uh, but but in but in, in seriousness here though, it is. Yeah, I really do feel for uh, these guys. These guys because uh, you know they may line up a year in advance of uh, different appearances where you know right. they they're going to make good money, especially WrestleMania, because a lot That's of people right. don't realize that, yeah, of course you've got the big main event, I guess you'd say, with uh, WrestleMania, but right. a, t- a bunch of other shows, uh, you know, also will take advantage of that weekend. And some of these guys, and maybe That's you can right. elaborate on a little bit more, but they'll have multiple appearances in that weekend and make, a, it could be, you know, a big part of their whole year. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, it, it it can never be a bad, uh, I mean, a good time for this to happen, Sean. But no, exactly. uh, like you said, especially this time uh, of year, whereas, uh, yeah, there is WrestleMania, but there's like two weeks of events. Yeah. Uh, you know, just WrestleCon, just all the conventions and stuff around that, that a lot of us, uh, and you know who I really, really hurt for too is like, I know in my career, we've had a lot of uh, uh, yearly uh, fundraisers, you know, where, we still do old time, you know, mm-hmm. old school uh, athletic director. They need some football jerseys for the team for next year, so we do a yeah. pro wrestling show. Right. So yeah. it's hurt us, but it's also hurt where we're not able to do a wrestling event and help, like you know, the football team or the the basketball team. And uh, here in the Carolinas, there's a huge strawberry festival that they call every year in Fort Mill with with ten thousand people coming mm-hmm. uh, every year, and we're like the main attraction. Just just a full weekend, you know, of meeting people and, and the money lost, uh, not just for us pro wrestlers, but just the vendors and stuff that we're looking for. That's, it's, it's just, a, it's just sad that, yeah. uh, you know, that was, uh, that can't happen. And so that little town that depended on that really. And, and, and I know in my career, what we've learned, I've had to learn over the years is, uh, you, you, you're always told by the old timers, you know, you better put back a little bit. You better put back a little bit. And yeah. of course, when it's coming in, you don't think that, but thank the good Lord, I've been able to take that to heart. And I've really always tried to put back a little bit. Uh, 
uh, you know, no matter what it was. And 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 it's just uh, I just do a lot of praying. I mean, I'm just hoping that everybody uh, will get through this. But I know with pro wrestling, uh, it's affected us. But uh, you know, we average we meet two three hundred people a night, yeah. new people every night that uh, we're able to either you know you you really take selling a picture for granted till you're not able to sell a picture to yeah, somebody or a, or a t-shirt. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And yeah. so those little things that that you really don't even think about when something like this is is just amazing that uh, 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 you know you ain't able to do that. And uh, were you dependent on that? And yeah. so I know in my career it really has hit home with me, Sean. Because see, in my forty one years, I've never been under contract. Wow. Uh, and I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm no. saying that. I, I just, you know, it, it, heck, for years we didn't even have contracts, but I've never been under a contract with any company. So, so I've really learned over these years to depend on, you know, the money that I make when I'm in that ring. Yeah. And so it really hits home now when you just can't, uh, you know, my bags are packed, but where are you going to go? Uh, you know, there's no, there's no wrestling. So, so, and I hate it for the people too. I've had so many you know, just great fans that I've known for years just text me or send me an email just saying, man, we, you know, what in the world are we going to do? Because it was like for those two or three hours a week, it was our release to get away from all this stuff. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. Uh, so it's new for us. I tell everybody, even with uh, 9-11 and stuff that's, you know, happened that's been real bad, you fans would tell you that they've already always had professional wrestling, you know, to kind of go and kind of forget everything and even if you lost your job we, I've, I've got a lot of good friends that said man we can still go to the wrestling matches and just for two hours you know we can forget what's going on in the real world and yeah. and now that's taken away so uh, we're, go, we're going to get through it my friend you know uh when you talk about uh these independent wrestlers and we we've, we've seen the independent uh business and, uh, you know, surge in the last few years. And, right. And that's with, you know, the help of other organizations like the new NWA, the NWA coming back, also AEW. And there's been this trickle down. And, and of course, uh, you know, very much the, the popularity of professional wrestling is as big as uh, it's been in a while. Um, right. I don't know how many dates you do a year, but maybe you can give us some idea as a, as a, you know, an independent wrestler, how many dates you were still doing. And, uh, you know, I think you also have a school. I don't know if that's still going, but yes, is that sir. part? Yeah. So tell me all about that, like what your typical yeah, year is. Uh, and of course, it's been interrupted. Right. Well, thank thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on the road three days a week as far as actual in the ring. Yeah. Uh, and I built friendships, you know, up over all these years. It may be a promoter that only runs once a month or maybe run, you know, once a year. But uh, you, you always... Uh, you build up these relationships. So I'm actually on the road three days a week. And then, of course, uh, two days of that week, uh, besides the three days of actually wrestling, of course, I'm, I'm at my wrestling school. Yeah, and, of course, that's here in Charlotte. But, you know, that's like a full-day that's like a full day job, too. And it's just uh, teaching these young kids and trying to teach them the right way. And then uh, and what I've been able to do is, when they're ready, be able to take them out on the road and, uh, you know, don't just teach them in the ring, but really just teach them a little bit about life and how, uh, you know, not just in the ring, but how the relationships you build with these coaches and the building people. And, and you know, you go in there and you got to set this place up to look like an arena. 
And of course, when it's over, you got to take everything back down and and load it back up. So so it hit me hard because uh, now we're I've got I've been blessed, uh, uh, Sean. I've got probably seventy five students at my school. But wow. with all this mess, even the last few weeks when I've been able to train, we've had to lower that to like five. Right, right. So yeah. it's just, uh, and I understand that for safety and all that, but it's just the, the heart rate of some of these kids that, because they've left it up to me, you know, and I've got to choose what five that I can try to at least get in the ring for a little bit. Yeah. And so that part was hard as me because you really love all these kids and you, you, you go from, you know, Seventy to five, yeah. and a lot of them can't do it. And a lot of them, you know, miss it. And so, man, it's just it's it, it's very trying on all of us. And and so it's took basically for me right now. I went. It's funny for my kids; they're all grown now, but they're so used to me being gone, they don't know what to do with me now. Because <laughs> I call them, you know, I call them yeah. four hundred times a day. Yeah, right. And it's almost like you know I'm disrupting their life. Yeah. John, because they're so used to me being gone, and yeah. they're, they're joking with me, you know, like that. When are you leaving again? Yeah. You know, we're so used to you being gone. So, so with three days actually in the ring, and then those two days in my wrestling school, that's almost a full week. That wow! All of a sudden, you know, just it's not there no more. Yeah, but it, it, while, it's been so. that steady though, huh? Where you uh, and are you well, going sure has, all yeah. over the country, or you stay regional? How does that? How does that work? Well, well, I do. I, you know, I'll go to Florida someplace. I, I just did the big uh, Starcast event a couple months ago that was up in Baltimore, right, yeah. and that's probably the furthest that that I traveled. I mean, I got, uh, and that's what I was saying earlier about just some of these great relationships that I've built over the years with these guys and uh, these promoters, and uh, just uh, and and, it, and so they depend on me. Uh, uh, I mean, I go like a strawberry festival. I, for the last five years, we've done that every year. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, the big, it, it, it's just, I could go on and on, you know, here in Charlotte, we do the big Charlotte Motor Speedway. Right. Uh, they have a big race every year with NASCAR. And for the last 10 years, Sean, I've been able to go in there to the campgrounds and, uh, we set up a tent and do wrestling and, huh. and we just love on some race fans. I mean, it sounds yeah. crazy, uh, but we just, you know, they have nothing to do during the day till the right. race. So right. we, man, we feed them breakfast and I met some wonderful people through pro wrestling and we set a ring up right in the middle of the, uh, the campgrounds. So not only, uh, and I've been doing that for almost 15 years. Really? And, and so, uh, I, that's one of my most favorite things is in the world is just, you just get to know a lot of people from out of state. And, and so all of a sudden again, there's no NASCAR. So yeah. they're not going to run this year. So here he is. We, it's actually raceway ministry. We just go in and eat a hot dog with some people and just love on them and give them free water and, and just get to know them, and, and but pro wrestling is is the draw. In right. other words, they uh, yeah, a lot of the race the younger race fans don't know me, but when they see that wrestling ring set up, and man, they, we're probably the biggest attraction there during the day, uh, just because everybody loves wrestling. You yeah, you yeah. put a wrestling ring up, and you're gonna draw a crowd, yeah. and so again, that's gone. Yeah. Uh, so there's uh, you know no no racing, and of course no wrestling involved. So so that's been took out, but. Uh, shared that to say that was a return date for the last 15 years mm-hmm. uh for me so that's you know that that's not going to be there for a while so so it's really been uh i mean i i like to stay on the go I, you know i go to a lot of shows and uh sometimes i may not wrestle sean but i'm able to set up you know my gimmick tape 
right. uh, look at their talent and sometimes do seminars. So I love being like, I've got my own wrestling ring right now. I, I've had years and it's sitting, sitting, you know, on the trailer in the yard and, and, uh, uh I'm going crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm always tempted to go set it up just to be around. Uh, and you know, I use that for training too. Sean, I know you'd understand this. When I teach these young kids, I try to teach them and, and get them to understand that I shouldn't be, I shouldn't love it more than these young kids. Right. And, and, and I use Rick Flair for an example. Rick Flair still loves it. What Rick's got, you can't teach. He still, he still loves professional wrestling. And I think, you know, I don't know if he can teach it or not. I'm sure trying to, but uh, I just love being around it. When, you know, I, I shared this the other day, kid, some, uh, uh, Sean, somebody asked Kid Rock the other day, I watched this little 2020 thing on him, and the lady asked him, says, how do you prepare, you know, to get on stage? And he said, oh, that ain't the problem. He said, preparing for when I'm off stage, <laughs> you know, is the problem. And, yeah. and that's kind of how I feel. Right. Uh, you know, these days off, you just got to adjust. And uh, it's crazy. Even my little grandbabies, they're so used to me being gone that they they see me all the time now, and they don't know how to take this. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, grandpa going I back promise, to work. I'll, I'm yeah. him again, yeah. you know. Yeah. Hey, you know, you talk about your wrestling school, and I, I believe, what is it, Exodus Wrestling Alliance? Um, and you know, a lot of people think today, the wrestlers they'll see on NXT, uh, you know, who come up to the ranks are not taught the same way that, uh, they were right. back in the day, but there are still schools out there, right? They, I mean, uh, right. I'm sure that that's your philosophy and, and what is it? I mean, what, what do you think is the right way to teach these guys coming in where, you know, back in the day you set the damn ring up, uh, you, you know, right. you. You uh, carried people's bags. You you earned your way. Is there sure is there did. still that element of uh, education? I should say uh, in professional wrestling. Yes, sir. That's good uh, to hear. Yes, sir. And and you just hit the nail on the head, Sean. I can tell more in two minutes with a new student. I'll give them a broom. I do this. I they did it to me. You know, forty one years ago. Yeah. But a young kid comes to me his first day. I give him an old fashioned broom. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it sounds corny as heck in this day and time, but. I'll say, uh, I'll be back in a minute, uh, just go sweep the ring out. And, Sean, I'm, I'm telling you, buddy, nine times out of ten, I come back, and that broom's laying in the middle of the ring, huh. and they're gone. Yeah. In other words, their mind is so set on, I'm going to be at WrestleMania, and I'm going to make all this money. What are, you, what are you doing asking me to sweep? Right. So every now and then, when I come back, and I'll just go walk out in the parking lot for a few minutes just yeah. to see. Yeah. Every now and then I'll come back and there'll be somebody still sweeping the ring. But nine times out of ten, they just told me everything that I need to know. Yeah. And see, everybody thinks they're going it, to – it's amazing. that they, You know, when I started, I knew it was going to be tough because in that day, these older guys, the old-timers, they didn't want you in it because they thought you're going to take my job. So I'm going to do everything I can, right. you know, to, to not let you in it. Yeah, they stretched so you. Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. And, and, and oh, it's funny, you know, times have changed. And, of course, you can't – you do that now, somebody's going to sue you. So right, what I yeah. do is, it's like, you know, I get a little smart aleck kid. I just – I let him beat himself up. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. he don't even know he's doing it. But yeah. but that, I, that that that's a true story. I can learn more in five minutes by giving you a broom. It, it's amazing. I ought to videotape it sometimes and, and sell it. I just – when I come back and that room's laying in the middle of that rain, yeah. and and I never hear from these people again. Yeah, well, that's all. And that's so all it's amazing. Yeah, 
That's all I had to do. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I shared this before. Uh, years ago, when I first started, Ric Flair would always walk through the dressing room. In other words, he'd go to wash his hands or something, but he would walk by guys, and he would always say, stand up, lock up with me. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, for months, I'd watch him do this. It wouldn't be all the time, but he'd just walk in randomly and pick somebody up, and he'd just say, lock up with me. And you'd lock up, and then he'd just walk off. Mm-hmm. So finally, one time, I asked Ronnie Garvin, I said, Ronnie, what what is he doing? And Ronnie says, oh, you don't know? I said, no. He said, Ric Flair can tell more by your lockup yeah, okay, than he yeah. can for you know, an hour match. So uh, that makes so much sense to me. And a lot of the guys probably wondered why they never got to wrestle Ric Flair. That was probably, you know, that was probably because he locked up with them, really? you know. Yeah. Uh, and so he didn't need, he didn't need to have an hour match with you to figure out you probably don't know what you're doing. Yeah. He could tell, you know, in just a few seconds. And just, so that's what I've been able to do uh, with my school. It, it, that's one thing WWE I'm kind of excited about, they still do, is is you go down there and you sign with their, you know, their camp or their training place. You're Part of that job is setting that ring up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the referees and all that. So I still love that part of it. Uh, a lot of these young kids especially don't have a clue. I mean, it, it's amazing. You you give a you give a grown man a piece of plywood and say put this on the ring and just watch and it's kind of comical yeah and you can tell this guy ain't never picked up a piece of plywood in his life <laughs> and it's just because you know they they see these money signs and uh, I just had this big old kid he he former marine uh, he reminds me so much of a young Tony Atlas got a great build he yeah. hadn't even been in the ring yet and yesterday he asked me Sean uh, he said uh, how long does it take. And I said, excuse me, or take what? He said, well, you know, to, to make it big. Yeah. <laughs> and I just started laughing. I said, brother, I ain't made it big, and this took me 41 years. <laughs> how, long it, how long do you think it's going to take you? But that's the mindset, buddy, of, yep. of some of these people. I guess he just thought that he's just going to check the days off, and, you know, he's, he's going to, you know, Cody Rhodes is going to call, or NWA's going to call. And yeah. it, ain't, it, ain't that the, you know, it ain't that case, so. Well, it's not the so it's, it's not the physique. It's it's not uh, so much the even the look. Uh, you you have yeah. to be able to do it all. You have to be able to especially you have to be able to talk in front of a camera. And uh, you know, I'm I have sure to tell you, is. George, seeing you uh, was th- uh, that that day was just so enjoyable because I loved the interaction that you had with the crowd. And right. uh, telling a story, I think, is is a big part of what is missing. Uh, they try, but not like they right. did in the old days. And, and you know, you had time to tell a story, but there's just so much uh, that goes with it. And uh, how right. important is learning to sell? Because, you know, watching yep. you in there and you, you just saying, shut up or whatever you're right. and, and you the instant that bond that you had, uh, the heat that That's just right. raises. So, I mean, how how big a part of that is in learning how to become a successful professional wrestler well you know uh, sean and I, I i this is the secret and the difference nwa they did not give me a format mm-hmm. they let me go out there and be me mm-hmm. and and i love that so much because i mean i'm not saying i was great at what i did or what i have been doing but but i wasn't I, there was no pressure in other words yeah i wanted to go out and i wanted to I wanted to make Colby Carino look so good. I could care less about me, but I wanted, I wanted people to remember him. Yeah. And, but, but the NWA did not, 
and this may be hard to explain, but, but man, I had so much fun and I had so much freedom. And you know what old timers used to do? They, they used to tell me, it's like if me and you go out to eat and we go in there and sit down and they bring us food and we'll say, wait a minute, I didn't tell you what I wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what a lot of the wrestlers do. Now, the young kids, they're going to go out there and do the match the way they want to without even waiting to see what the people want to eat. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, no, that so, makes perfect so sense. So when I, yeah. you know what, and, and I'm so glad I was taught that way. That's why now, I, me and Ricky Moore was joking today that you could drop me and him into a desert right now and probably make money somewhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, we don't, to this day, everybody laughs at me because sometimes, I, 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 well, I can't do it. I could not go in the back, John, and mm-hmm. spend, you know, hours. And I know, you know, different, maybe a WrestleMania main event is different, but going back there to me, as long as I've been doing it and trying to plan what we're going to do takes the fun out of it for me. Yeah. It really does. It's like going in that restaurant and there, and you got to eat. I don't do till I see what those people, when I walk through that curtain at NWA and circle square and, and felt the response off of them people, yeah. it was, it was like, I just started, it was the most beautiful thing in the world because yeah. The funny thing about it, see, to be a good heel, and nobody gets this, Sean, I know my job is to be the butt of your joke. In other words, most heels come out, and they, gosh, it's hard to explain, and and I know I'm getting on a wild goose chase, but they think it's their job to get the best of the fans, whether we're insulting or getting heat or whatever. That's not not it. Uh So all those people in that beautiful TV studio, Telling me to shut up and go see a big quiet. They, I knew my job. Yeah. I knew my job. And, and, and it wasn't to, I, gosh, I wish I could put it into words. I'd be a millionaire. But it's just, I knew my job that day was, and, and I hope I did it. Terry Taylor told me the other day that he got, he watched that match. And uh, he said, the one thing I can tell you, tell you about it, George, and I love him to death for years, is he just said it was completely different than what, they were used to see it. Yeah. And, and so I love that Sean, because I if nothing else. I accomplished that day is for that 30 minutes that I was out there. Those people forgot about their daily rough day yeah. and you know, their jobs, their, their, the kids are driving me crazy, but for about 30 minutes, man, they, they had a time of their life. And, and it's just amazing how, but it all started, like I said, with, with, with NWA, not, nobody gave me a sheet of paper mm-hmm. and nobody said, George, this is what you have to say. This is how you got to be out there. Cause it would have looked, it would have been, it, it wouldn't, uh-uh. yeah. it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And so, uh, I just, and even now, if, if me and you had a match tonight in some national guard armory in front of a hundred people, mm-hmm. I would do the same thing. Yeah. I wait to let the people tell me what they want, and see that's a. I'm so thankful that I, that 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 was instilled in me, and because you know, John, you know, when we when we, when I first started, we would here in the Carolinas alone for Jim Crockett Promotions, we would we'd wrestle six days a week. Yeah. But back then, the fans would travel with you. In other words, if if I wrestled Rocky King on a Monday in Greenville, I may wrestle him on Tuesday too in another town. Well, right. you couldn't go out there and do, do the exact same, same match. match. Yeah, yeah. Because the fans, had, they would travel around <laughs> and, and come. And so they may watch you wrestle 
each other five times, but it better be a different match every time. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's what I think's missing now. And, and I always joke that if these arenas did not have dressing rooms together, you probably couldn't do a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you real quick, Johnny Weaver, who was a famous, you know, he made a lot of money here in the Carolinas. He was an agent for Dusty Rhodes and, and some of these towns and, and what Johnny Weaver used to do is you get to the building, Sean, he'd have a sheet of paper hanging up on the wall with the matches, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, across from who you're wrestling. And a lot of times, about five minutes before bell time, he'd go change it. Yeah. In other words, so you didn't, you, so you couldn't sit back right. there and play in a match yeah. because chances are he's going to change it. <laughs> and so sometimes he'd do it like a minute before you was, you know, you're supposed to go to the ring. So, it didn't matter who you went back there and planned a match with. It may change, you know. So you had to go out there and listen to the people. And, and, and you know, that, that's that's how I teach. And, and, and I know Al Snow does that also up there with his place and, and Tom Pritchard. And, and so we still, you got to have that, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it, it has been some some journey for you, and and you're you're still doing it. So obviously, it is it is a great passion in your life. But I always love to hear how it started, and you didn't stray far from home uh, to this day. Right. Um, what got you into uh, professional wrestling? I mean, were you you growing up? Were you an athlete? Did you uh, you know you were you an amateur? Yes, what, what got you into wrestling? Well, you know, as goofy as it sounds, at 10 years old, I turned the TV on one day. Yeah. And, and I was living with my brother. I turned TV on. There was Wally McDaniels uh-huh. and Paul Jones against Ole and Gene Anderson. And mm-hmm. they just happened to be a main event match on TV. I was 10 years old. And, and I just fell in love with it. I saw these big, big, ugly, burly men beating each other to death, and I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. So I just fell in love with it. Huh. And then, of course, here every Monday night in Charlotte, they had the live shows. And then I found out that you could, what do you mean? I can go see these guys live. So right. I use all my grass cutting money, buddy. And I tell you, I, and you, you described me earlier on when we started talking about, uh, I did it all. I, I carried the wrestlers bags. I just wanted to be around that wrestling ring. Uh, right. I'd go get them coffee. And then I got close to a lot of them. And, and of course, back then, see, there wasn't a wrestling school on every corner no. like they are yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, Lord, you get on eBay and, and, and buy a ring if you need to. But, of course, back then, there was no – I didn't even know how to get in it. And then one day, uh, uh, I had uh, – well, I think I was 17 years old. I was uh, driving a little truck, you know, for this little uh, warehouse and, and didn't even have a license. But I opened up this little old newspaper one day, and it just simply said, uh, you want to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, man, here – oh, buddy, here we go. It's calling me. And I answered that little ad, if you can believe it. And, and it was uh, like something out of a old Scooby-Doo mystery. I mean, this old building was the doors hanging off the hinges, the windows were broke out of it, and, and, and but I found it. And, and I remember walking in, and there was an old ring, like something out of an old Rocky movie, and, and there was a real old-timer named Rusty Roberts from Tennessee. He, he was in there, and there was this big old Samoan and this lady wrestler. And, of course, I walk in, you know, just young kid getting ready to change the world, and they stopped everything they were doing and looked at me, and, and they said, can we help you? And, of course, you know, dumb me said, man, I want to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> so they said, okay, come on. And, and Sean, I, to this day, I can remember, and I thought, man, this is pretty easy. I mean, I ain't had to pay no money. Oh, it's 
So I got in that ring, and I want you to know, uh, John, for the next two hours, buddy, I I I fought for my life. <laughs> I mean, I'm not lying. They what they did to me was illegal. <laughs> I'm telling you, they beat me. They tore my clothes. They knocked a tooth out. They busted my lip. I mean, literally. And yeah. and uh, even the lady wrestler got a hold of me. I mean, they beat me to death and laughed the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And I, I I can remember this like it was just I crawled out of that building and I said I hate pro wrestling. I'll never watch it again. I'll never go back. And I don't know why to this day, John, but the next day I went back. <laughs> I did. And I'll never forget walking in. I, gosh, it brings back so many memories. But they, when I walked in, they said, you're either the dumbest person that yeah. we've ever met yeah. in our life or you really want this. And yeah. and, 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 and that, that, that started it. A week later, they some old guy didn't show up. So uh, I didn't even know what I was doing. I still don't. But they threw me in the ring, buddy, a, a week later. Jeez. And and I thought, man, this is pretty cool, and and I've been trying to do it ever since. And and you know what I miss, John, is like when I first started doing these little, well, we used to call them outlaw shows. They was just no promoting. It was just somebody set a ring up, and and but I wanted, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling had just started with Gordon Soley, and it, it was cable was fixing to explode, and yeah. but I wanted to go there. And I'll never forget, I called there one time, and Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer, he answered the phone. And I told him what I wanted, and I swear, he said, if you come down here, I'll kill you. Hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I hung the phone up. I thought, man, my, my career may be put on a hold. <laughs> because you didn't, right. you know, and he was just being a jerk, but yeah, scared right. me to death. Yeah. I mean, scared me to death. But I didn't, I didn't give up. Yeah. I didn't quit. And then I ended up, I was living in Charlotte. And, and and got on Georgia Championship Wrestling. Man, I was there when Ole owned it all, and 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 it was just getting ready to explode. And then I was there the day that Jim Crockett came down and 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 took it over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember sitting in the dressing room, and Dusty walks in with a sheet of paper. If you can believe this, Sean, and he said, "Guys," he said, because the Georgia crew was in on one side. And Jim Crockett's crew was on the other, and Dusty pulled out a whole sheet of paper, and he said, if your name's on this list, I'm going to keep you, and if it ain't, you're fired. Huh. And I'm talking, Sean, it, it, it was Ox Baker, Tommy Rich, I mean, all these guys that had worked, Buzz Sawyer, and I watched every one of them. you talking about this business being cold yeah. and, and, and don't have a heart. Right. I saw a lot of these wrestlers just pack their bags and walk out that door because they were fired. Wow. You see, now, that's why I tell these young kids now. I, some guy posted the other day that he tried to call a promoter, and the promoter never answered him back, and so he really, like, let this promoter have it on the Internet, you know, saying, that's just so disrespectful. And I started laughing, mm-hmm. John, and I told that guy, I said, listen, nobody owes you nothing mm-hmm. in pro wrestling. Yeah, it may have been nice if he would have gave you a call back, but the sooner you learn that nobody owes you nothing in pro wrestling, there's no proper etiquette of some promoter going to even call you back. You're lucky, you know, we didn't even have phones when I started. We mailed out pictures. You remember that? Which I, we used to mail out 8 by 10 yeah. to every promoter you could find. I don't think I ever got an answer yeah. on any of them. VHS you just don't give up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Listen, I walked in Gene Anderson's office one day for Jim Crockett and looked over on the wall, and, and it truly looked like Blockbuster. Uh-huh. There was probably 3,000. Video, uh, VHS tapes against the wall yeah. of just guys 
And I remember I asked Gene, I said, do you watch these? And he said, heck no. Of course, he used a lot of cuss words. He said, hey, nobody watches these. So it made you think, wait a minute. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if they got watched. Well, Gene told me, no, we don't watch them things. But you're right. You send a VHS tape in and hope. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, I tell my young kids this. You just don't quit. So if you love this as much as you say you do, you, you don't let nobody tell you no. Yeah. I remember the first time I worked for Bill Watts. I, I was so excited because that's when Mid-South was like yeah. top of the world. Big I mean, time. it was yeah. the most watched Ted program DiBiase. in the world. Jim, oh my Jim goodness! Duggan, JYD. Oh, you know yeah. their. You know what was amazing about that territory, Sean? Their first match yeah. would be like a young Shawn Michaels against Jeff Victory, yeah. or Jack Victory. I'm sorry, Jack Victory, and they, yeah. it would be like the best. I mean, even the first and second matches yeah. were main events. And I remember I went out. I was so excited. I'm on Mid South, and I go up to Bill Watts, and he said, "You and Rocky King are wrestling Kamala in yeah. a handicap match." Uh, and I'm thinking, man, I come out here to like wrestle Ted DiBiase, uh, you know, for like an hour. Uh, so I'll never forget it. Me and Rocky King got in that ring. And before I went through the perk, Bill Watts looked at us and he said, Ted, you don't get paid by the hour. <laughs> <laughs> he knew that I was like disappointed, uh, you know, and Kamala splashed both of us, uh, you know, beat us both. And, and, but I remember that Bill Watts says, listen, you don't get paid yeah, by the yeah, hour, kid. Yeah. So, uh, but that was just such a, and I just wanted to, there was times, uh, my kids laugh about it now, Sean, there was times where I would work. See, I always loved everybody. I never had heat with Vince or Jim Crockett. I mean, that, there, there, was, there was weeks and months where I would, I would do like five different TV tapings a week from all different promotions. Mm-hmm. My poor kids got so tired of seeing me on television, it wasn't even funny, John. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd, I'd wrestle for Jim Crockett on a Monday, and then I'd be... It, with Vance on a Wednesday and a Thursday, and then you know Mid South or or Oh Lord Georgia, and and so uh, and again it all starts. You can't be a jerk. I tell people they say, "What's the number one lesson in wrestling?" And I say, "Just don't be a jerk." Yeah. Seriously, if you're a jerk, you ain't going to you ain't going to survive forty one years. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. But you just treat guys with respect and and and. You know, Sean, uh, the, the first advice I ever got, buddy, was my first TV taping. My first TV taping ever for Ole Anderson. I kicked out of Jerry Lawler, mm. his fist drop. I didn't know. I was 18 years old, and, you know, I didn't know that Jerry Lawler's finish was the fist drop. Mm. And I remember I kicked out of it. I'm probably the only person in the universe that's ever <laughs> kicked out. And I remember I came through that curtain, and Ole grabbed me. Yeah. Literally grabbed me. I was 18 years old. He grabbed me and put me against the wall. He said, you're the dumbest SOB I ever met. You realize Jerry Lawler has beat Andre the Giant, and he's beat Hogan. He's beat Rick. He's beat everybody with that fist drop. And then you kicked out. Oh, and uh, I was scared death. But you know what? Jerry Lawler stepped in and told Ole to calm down said, listen, we all learn. We all... But anyway, that day, I remember Ron Starr, who passed away recently, he he made a lot of money in Puerto Rico. He come up to me that day, and he knew after all that, I was just ready to get out of it, yeah. you know, leave that day, leave Atlanta. And he said, you know what? All you can do, kid, is leave pro wrestling better than you found it. Uh-huh. And at those words, I've never forgot that. And that's all I want to do, Sean, is whether it's with my wrestling school or, or you know, the shows I even go to, even coming down there with NWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I just want to leave pro wrestling better. 
than than I found it. Yeah. And 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 that you know, and I really do. I, that's why, and still that in my students, uh, and I've just been you know blessed. But you know what I tell people, Sean, when when Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair and Bobby Eaton and Tony Blanchard, when they bring their children to you and say, "Here, train them," wow. you either better yeah. know what you're doing, yeah. or you fooled everybody. Yeah, that's a hell of so, a lot of respect. What a there. compliment! Yeah, you know, and and and, and what a, I took that I never took that for granted. Uh, just to be able to to be trusted, you know, for with with their with their young folks and just to teach them and and so what a blessing, you know, uh, that that was to just be able to be a part of those young folks, you know, those people's lives. Yeah. So just an amazing, amazing time. I'm still at it. You know, you, you mentioned these legends, though, that uh, you uh, worked with all these years. Uh, it sounds like Rick is is up there near the top. But uh, who are, who are the some of the uh, you know these personalities that uh, you really enjoyed working with for one, and then also you know were true legends that the way they conducted themselves, right. the way they treated uh, you know taking care of the the guy that's in the ring with them, uh, who, uh, I don't know if it's of a top five or whatever, but who are some that really right. stand out to you? Well, well, you know, my all-time favorite was Brad Armstrong, John. I really? mean, he, yeah. he, he was my all-time favorite. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, all the, all the guys always talk about there was somebody that, that you clicked with. And, yeah. and, and, and I think a lot of it was, I was there in Georgia championship press and me and Brad kind of started, you know, uh, together and, and to be able to work him all the years. I mean, I was there the whole time. You know, WCW would give him a different gimmick every week, and he would just go out. He would never argue. He would just go out there and, and just get that gimmick over. And, and uh, what an honor for me. You know, I, 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 it's kind of neat in a way. Uh, I have worked all of the brothers, you know, Scott, Steve, even Bullet, their dad, mm. and I was able to speak at Brad's funeral. Mm. And what an amazing uh, 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 man, just what an amazing man. And, and, and as my tribute to him is, uh, you know, every month, at least two or three times a month, I still check on, uh, you know, his wife and his daughter. She, uh, she's in college now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just those friendships that you hear that between the wrestlers and stuff, but, but in the ring, Brad was the most smoothest, WCW gave him, I don't know if you remember this, Sean, they gave him this goofy Spider-Man gimmick, mm. a Ractoman. Yeah. And it was the goofiest costume in the world, but Brad went out there and got that over so good. I'll never forget, I was standing there in, at center stage when WCW received a letter from like Marvel Marvel Comics, mm. you know, telling them they got stopped, not, not really for the trademark, but just because Young kids were thinking that Brad was really Spider-Man. <laughs> so we got the biggest kick out of, this was supposed to be in like probably a dumb gimmick, almost like a rib. Yeah. And he went out there and got it over to where they wouldn't let him do it no more. So, uh, but just the smooth, I remember one time, Les Thatcher was doing a seminar and me and Brad was going to be wrestling that night. So Brad gets there early that afternoon. He's got his young baby in his arms with a diaper bag on one shoulder. And Les Thatcher said, Brad, when you get a minute, come in here and show these kids how to drop kick. Brad put his little girl down. Uh, you know, he put his diaper bag down. He just stepped in the ring. I mean, just got out of the car. Yeah. Stepped in the ring. Shawnee throwed the beautifulest drop kick you ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it was like poetry in motion. Yeah. And he just got out, 
came back and picked up his diaper bag and picked up his little girl. Like, and I'm sitting there, my mouth dropped open, and all I could think was, his shirt tail didn't even come undone. I mean, the smoothest, wow. the smoothest yeah. guy in the world. But, but of course, of course, Ric Flair. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know what's special about our business is the last time I wrestled Ric Flair was was many many years ago, and and I've wrestled him several times. We had a couple of good matches on TV, and fans still walk up to me uh, just as recently as last week and mm-hmm. talk about that match between me and him. Because the one thing Ric Flair done is he always had people believing that he just may lose. You go back, and, and it was all him. I mean, he'd get in the ring with me, and, and, and he'd had me thinking I'm fixing to go over, John. Mm-hmm. He was that good. And to hear people 30 years later, you imagine what's happened in people's lives, but they still remember yeah. those matches I had with Ric Flair. Wow. And so that's, you know, that, and Flair, I, I wish I could have videotaped some of the arguments that Dusty and Rick would get into at TV because Dusty would tell Rick, I think you'd go out there and beat George in like three minutes. And Rick would say, no, I'm not. Because mm-hmm. Rick's philosophy, and I loved it, is it was not just with me, with anybody. He wanted to make it a match. Yeah. And he may have five or 10 or 15 minutes, but, but man, he's going to give you 14 of that minute mm-hmm. and then catch you at the end. And so I think that's, you know, you can't teach stuff like that. But I, I used to, you know, it's almost like Dusty and Flair's fighting over me, you know, because yeah. I would say, I'm not going to go out there and beat George in five minutes. We're going to go out there and we're going to have a match. And, and that's what was kind of special. And, and, you know, when Rick came out with his book to just mention my name, uh, Sean, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Jericho, Chris Jericho just did his cruise. Right. And uh, this couple of months ago, maybe a month ago, whatever, and he had Rick there. Uh, I mean, this boat's out in Houston, and I had a friend of mine that went on the cruise, and they had Flair there doing a podcast. Well, when Flair walks out, Jericho said, my claim to fame, Rick, is that I'm the only wrestler that has ever submitted to your figure four. And it was almost like a joke, because, you know, right. most of the time somebody would grab a rope or they would reverse it on Rick. Right. But Jericho said, I'm the only wrestler is that has submitted and Rick said no no he said uh it's you and George South <laughs> so so you know Rick didn't give me credit to he beat me with the figure four and my I remember my when he got back to land my friend said man George even out here on the ocean in the middle of the ocean Rick still remembers you know wrestling you and so so that's you know to me not my legal maniac by no means but for Flair to still remember that is pretty special to me because yeah. you think of all the million matches. So, so he was the best. I, you know, uh, Black Bart, some of the guys you would even imagine yeah. that uh, that may not have made all that much money. But um, just, you know, I remember Big Boss Man up there for WWF. You know, what's special about our business is I knew Boss Man when he first started down here as, you know, a Ray Trailer for Dusty. So when he goes to WWF, it's like you follow a friend. It really is. Right. And, and, uh, you know, you get up there, and it's just, I remember the first time I ever wrestled Honky Tonk Man. He, he told me, he said, this is going to be the easiest money you ever made in your life. <laughs> and I went out there, and Sean, it was the easiest money I've ever made. So so just an amazing, uh, gosh, just, you know, Great Muda. I'll I tell you an amazing story, Sean. I got a million of them. Great Muda's very first match ever for Jim Crockett Promotions in the early 80s was in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I 
got to wrestle him. His first match here in the States, uh, he had Gary Hart and uh, just an amazing, so that many, many years ago. Well, last year at our huge event here in Winston-Salem, which we call WrestleCade, mm-hmm. we had Muda there. And we did like a little open challenge thing. And I got to wrestle Greg Muda again. So what an amazing bookend on this career that I've had. That, to, and I even, it kind of, I knew Muda thought I was nuts, but I even reminded Muda of that. Uh, that all these years in between, I was there when he, you know, then and, and even now. So kind of a neat. Uh, man, I'm just a living testament, man. If you just hang in there, man, some good stuff is going to happen. And so uh, that's what was special, to, to, to be in the ring with Great Muda again uh, just a couple months ago was pretty special. So wow. That's great. Um, I, I have to imagine now, we actually, I was with the WWF when you uh, made your first appearance there and uh, would make several after that. But you were also in your 20s. Uh, young, uh, a young uh, man then, and here you are, this kid right. from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and you are with the biggest organization in uh, professional wrestling ever. And I always love to find out what, like, that first impression is when you arrive. And you, you mentioned people like you know Honky Tonk Man, and and uh, yeah. you know you getting in the ring with with Brutus and uh, the Ultimate Warrior and right. Jimmy Snuka and all these you know uh, legends. Uh, what do you remember? Uh, and I, I would think that those memories are pretty vivid. Yes. And you know what the most impressive thing, and I don't even have to think about this, John. Uh-huh. We, the very first time I ever worked for WWF, very first time, we had got there, the plane was laid, and, and we was a nervous wreck, the guys that I went with, and, 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 and I had never been there. And so we get to this arena. It was like maybe Maryland or somewhere. So we get to the uh-huh. arena, and, and we had nowhere. I didn't even know where to go. So I just said, follow me. So I had five guys with me. We walk in this back door of the arena, and the very first person, and you're talking about pressure, the very first person I ever met was Vince McMahon. Oh, wow. The very first person. I mean, can you imagine? What was the chance of that? But you know what impressed me, John, is he knew my name. He knew everybody that was with me by name. Now, to a young kid that... Was scared to death anyway because I had no idea where I was going. Uh, Nelson Roll, uh, that was here uh, in the Carolinas, he had sent us up. Him and Pat Patterson were friends, so he sent a group of guys up there uh, for, to do about three days of TV. But anyway, the most impressive—I won't—I've never forgot that. Yeah. That Vince McMahon. I mean, he just didn't say, "Hey, George, go down the hallway." He shook our hand and he knew—he knew all of our names, hmm. first and last names. Wow. Now that's never, that's I've never forgot that, and so you see, kind of why he's lasted as long as he did. I mean, he he knows everything that goes on, and so that kind of eased it for me that at least I just wasn't a number, or at least I just wasn't one of the guys. I mean, he knew who we were, yeah. and and you know what's funny. I was working for, when I was working for WCW. They were still doing it kind of the old school way. They they had a ring on a, a flatbed truck, and and you go set it up. Which you know ain't nothing wrong with that. But when I first got up to WWF, and I saw, I remember when that plane landed, John. I saw like eight eighteen wheelers, you know, yeah, with yeah. with their logo on it, and, right. and you kind of 
because I've been seeing it all in wrestling, but you kind of think, okay, Dorothy, you know, we're not in Kansas no yeah, more. This, big time. This is, this is pretty, it, it sure is. Yeah. And it was amazing to see uh, catering. I remember the boys laughing at me because I didn't know that I could go eat catering. Huh. I mean, I get WWF, yes, they got this roast beef and gravy. I just thought it was for, like, the TV people. Right. And and I remember Shawn Michaels saying, George, you can go get a plate. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just, I, I, I just, it sounds crazy nowadays, yeah. but, yeah. oh, my goodness, man. And, and to this day, the one thing that really, even with, with, with NWA and all of them, I've never had time for guys that, that pro wrestling is the greatest thing in the world, I think. And, 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 and I know we all make mistakes and we all screw up, but to see guys just make dumb mistakes sometimes and, and, and lose that opportunity. I'm not talking about money. I'm just talking about you get treated pretty special at, at some of these wrestling companies. Right. And, and it really is a, a special job. And I never wanted to forget that, Sean. I never took it for granted. You know, I, I, I mean, my goodness, to, you know, I remember the first time I met Tony Gurria. I mean, I, I was such a mark for him mm-hmm. when I was growing up in the magazine. Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm sitting here talking to him in the hallway, telling him how much I was in love with him and Dean Ho, you know, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. So I'm still a big mark. I mean, I am. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd still, you know, it's like, you know what I tell people? It's like if you love uh, magic tricks, and I told you David Copperfield's down here to call Sam, and I'm going to take So we go, and we're sitting there. And the whole time I'm telling you how he does his tricks. Yeah. In about five minutes, you're either going to punch me in the head or get up and leave. Yeah. And that's what I tell wrestling fans. I don't, why do you even want to know right. the mystique yeah. about our business? Yeah. Uh, I, I, to this day, I, I, you know, I, I tell Ricky, I, I used to take uh, Walter McDaniels out to eat when he was about before he passed away here in the Carolinas. And we'd just go eat and, and I love his stories. You know, what an amazing man. But to get me mad, he, he used to say, well, you know, George, me and uh, Johnny Valentine were best friends. And I'd say, Wahoo, be quiet. No, you're, no y'all wasn't. I mean, I, and I was older then when he's telling me this, just to get me, <laughs> you know, fired up. up. He said, no, no, we'd be, we'd be each other's death, and then we'd go have a beer together. Yeah. I said, no, you didn't. Yeah. In my life, in my little world, you and Johnny Valentine will always hate each other. Right, right. And so I try to tell the, the, the fans, you know what's funny is they wanted for so long to get behind the curtain and see how we do our tricks. And then I, and I think that that's hurt our business. Uh, and I blame the fans sometimes too, because what's special about it is, man, I, I just want to eat my popcorn and watch a good wrestling match. Right. Yeah, there you I don't want to put too much thought into it. I yeah. don't want to, you know, you want oh to be goodness. entertained. That's it. That's, That's right, buddy. Entertained. And, and I tell people, just boo and cheer. Yeah. It ain't that hard, you know? So, But that's what I, my hat's off to NWA is, 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 and I was so relaxed that day. I was still nervous because I, I wanted to just go do a good job. But but they, man, I could just be, you know, myself. And it, it just was perfect. You know, everybody says God timing's perfect. It was perfect because... I, you know, the whole thing, I didn't know what I was going to say when I go to that podium. I had no idea what I was going to say, but those people made it so easy because it's almost like some of them supported me, but I'm thinking, okay, where have you been the last 41 years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I kind of turned that against them. Mm-hmm. So, oh, what a, what a special, it was just great. 
How, how did that come about? I mean, that uh, with the circle squared, that did you uh, did they give you a call? I mean, how did you make the connection to come up and do it? Well, you know what's amazing is, of course, with 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 highspots.com and all them. They a lot of those guys, my students, were going down and just helping out, not not really wrestling. Uh, Caleb Connolly and guys like that, they they were going and just like being whatever they needed done. They would help with the merchandise, NWA merchandise, and and just it, it's crazy how it kind of happened. And it's just uh, I knew I wanted to go and be a part of it. Uh, you would have laughed at me all day long because my biggest concern was trying to remember to say Circle Square because you know we're yeah, so yeah, used right. to old guys, yeah. we're so used to saying Square Circle. circle yeah, and I, I thought. I almost, you know, did like a Tom Brady cheat sheet on my arm, you know, yeah. and wrote it on my tape just so I remember it. But, right. but they, uh, uh, I think it was Dave Lagoon, I think, if I pronounce his name right, he had, he had sent me a message and said that had a concept. And I've always loved Colby. I mean, I've of course knew his dad, and I've known Colby since he was a he was a little baby. And and I tell you what was special. Before anybody told me to finish or what we were going to do, I done had my mind made up that if I had any saying this i did not want to win this match mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't do me a bit of good i don't need to win the match yeah. you know and, and 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 it just all fell into place and and you know i i think the people remember just you know yelling at me more than the finish of the match anyway right. but you're talking about memories i mean just walking in that studio and and thinking of uh, not really center stage with wcw but georgia championship wrestling yeah. Uh, and you know what was funny, John, and, you, and, and I know you can relate to this. Yeah. A lot of fans don't understand. you got to keep them studios pretty cold because the cameras will overheat really easy. Yeah. So fans may think that, you know, we look like we're, we're all ready to go, but that brought back a lot of memories of those early <laughs> 8 a.m. Techwood Drive TBS tapings yeah. when the studios were so cold, you yeah. know, and yeah. – and and man, you got to get warmed up quick. They're but, meat lockers. Uh, yeah. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. I, I, I uh, I'm ready to go back. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that that will be soon. <laughs> uh, we're all going to get through this, uh, of course. And uh, and I, I think that uh, I just hope that everybody can make it through because these guys, you know, it's not like they've got a lot of reserves to keep them right. going. And like I said uh, earlier. They depend on it. Uh, they've got uh, no, you're they've right. got houses and wives and kids, and uh, they've you know they've got to do it just like everybody else. But they don't have a contract. They don't have a, a job that they expect that's to right. go to forty hours, and that's their choice. But at the same time, uh, when things like this happen, it's really it's tough. But I did want to ask you, uh, George. You know, when you see and you've seen it all, uh, what's going on now with uh, wrestling? And we see, you know, these other outfits. MLW, AEW, and these guys, they're doing these incredible uh, high spots. Uh, we've seen yeah. some really great talent, but are you concerned at all? Or what, I mean, what's your what's your view right now of where professional wrestling is going? Well, they, it, it's all got to slow down. And I know when, and, and, and a lot of these young kids, and that's the hardest thing it is for me to teach you. Yeah, right. Stuff happens so fast. And I know when you're on TV, it's got to be fast-paced so people won't turn the channels and all that. Right. But, but I'm telling you, the only way this business is going to last is, and what got me hooked when I was a kid is I felt like whoever my hero was needed me. 
John. In other words, the reason I had to go to wrestling is because Wahoo needed me at ringside. As crazy as that sounds. See, what's happened now is the wrestlers, and I blame them all, is they act like they don't even need the fans anymore. In other words, teaching a baby face it's okay to get beat. It's okay to to show pain. And and the problem, I think, John, is, and I may be wrong too, but, but nobody cares if two Terminators go out there and beat each other to death. But I don't. I'm just, and so the sympathy part, the reason Ricky Morton made so much money and Ricky Steamboat is the people felt like, man, if I don't go buy a ticket this week, you know, Steamboat ain't going to win. Yeah. And, and, if you, and yeah, I know yeah, you can't, yeah. you know, he needs me to. you can't put a toothpaste back to two, but, but it's almost like I see it all the time. It matches. The, the wrestlers don't even acknowledge the people. They don't even, it's just weird to try to explain, but, but it's okay to, I love being a baby face sometimes, if you can believe it, because I want to show everybody in the back, you're going to beat the tar out of me for 20 minutes, yeah. and I'm going to have, I'm reaching for the little kids, you know, to come and help me, and, yeah. and, and I'm 60 years old. You're telling a story. And, but I, I sure am. Yeah. And, and see, that's the only reason we go to, to, to movies or anything else, is if, if we can just get those fans to, and, and, you know, the last few, it's got crazy. I mean, I, you know, I, I see guys beating each other. To, you know, the object and, and the mm-hmm. art of our business, Sean, is not for me to go out there and kill you. It's not for me to go out there and knock your teeth out. It's I, mean, I know accidents happen. It's the toughest thing that I've ever done, pro wrestling is. Yeah. But the object, hey, you know, I, and you'll never see my students do it. One thing I don't understand on this Internet, this independent thing, is if a guy chops me in the chest 15 times, First thing I'm going to do is go take a picture of my chest and put it on Facebook. Yeah, right. I hate that. Yeah, John. Yeah. I, I mean, the object is it for you to throw a chop and for me to sell it, and nobody get hurt. See, that's the art form. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's exactly. what takes years and years of, of 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 learning and ability and just hard work. You know, just learning the hard way. It ain't. I th- you know, I tell everybody, if I, if I won't knock down, I'll just go to the local bar and insult the owner's wife, and then he'll knock me out. <laughs> you know, I, I don't need to be knocked out in a wrestling ring. Yeah, and they and keep so, raising the bar, too. I mean, you're seeing guys uh, doing these where they're coming off balconies. and uh, Buddy, you know, when, oh, when Sean, when, when Undertaker threw Cactus Jack yeah. off that cage yeah. so many years ago, I thought it, that will never be topped. Right. I mean, that will never... Bless their heart, they survived, yeah. but that will never be taught. That nobody even remembers that right, right anymore. Now. Yeah, uh, it, it's just my students. They showed me this clip of these guys in the backyard. One of them ran over the other one with the car uh, in the backyard, Jeez. and they and, and you know my question is, how come he's not arrested? Yeah. I mean, you know, you do that on the street, you go to jail. Yeah. But if you put it under the pro wrestling tag. Uh, Stuff like that, just it just I, I have no use for that, and I really try to teach my students. Your your number one, number one thing I teach is you you got to take care of that guy. Yeah, in the ring exactly. With you. Yeah, and, got, and, and that's uh, old school. That is old school because you both got to go to work the next day, and if you can't get in the ring, you're taking you're taking uh, food off the table. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I and, you know and, and I've had them. They say, "Well, George, that worked." It's like I did for the moves I did with Colby at the NWA. Yeah. Is yeah. old moves, the airplane spins, yep. the claw, and I've got the more claw. great Everybody positive the claw. feedback. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
you know, if I could never, I think if I went, or, you know, if I could get signed right now, I think I'd be over because I'd just be doing moves from the 70s yeah. that nobody's ever seen, yeah. you know? Armbar, what the hell is that? You could do that for three minutes, amazing. remember, and just uh, everybody, <laughs> not, that, not that's today. That's exactly right. Yeah. Ain't it amazing how it just comes back around and, and I, I've had people, I had to tell a couple guys what the airplane spin was. I, I said, that used to be a finish, believe it or not, yeah. you know. Yeah. I said, well, man, i never seen nothing like that in my life. And well, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I so, think if but we, that's the thing. If I could just tell them, just slow down a little bit. You yeah. know, just, you know, Ricky Morton always told me, he said, man, if you, if you think you're going too slow, just go slower, you know. <laughs> and so just yeah. just slow down, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, my job is to do a move to you, and then it's your job to make it believable. It ain't my job to knock your head off, John, you know? It's both of us working together, and and I still think people just want to eat their hot hot dog or drink their Coke and just just for a few hours, just let me boo the bad guy and cheer the good guy. Tell me a story. Make me care. That's 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 really what it comes down to. Make me care. That's exactly right, buddy. That's exactly right. I just did a a, a, a podcast with, with Dutch Mantel, and he he kind of just coined it on me, just captured it perfectly when he said, you know, it's like if I watch a football game and I don't know the other two teams, I'm going to find something I don't like about one of them. So they'll be the heels. And that's, you know, that's right. what oh, it comes that. down to. Like, I've got to have, I've got to care. There's got to be some reason for me. That's uh, right. To want to watch. That's it. right. Yeah. And uh, you're well, one of well, those you know, who Sean, did. Even, care. yeah. Like back when they would have like Jack Briscoe against Dory Funk Jr. And it could be, Two baby faces uh, yeah. for the end of day world belt. Well, one of them, you go back and watch that. There was always a heel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may have been Dory that would do a cheap shot on Jack, or but but you're exactly right. That I they got to have somebody to cheer, and they got to have somebody to boot. Right. Uh, and and I just love that. I, I even when we did, you know, I I, I never liked two baby face matches anyway because somebody has to be. You got to have a bad guy. Right. There would have been a John Wayne if there wasn't a bad guy. Yeah, you exactly. know, wouldn't be a Clint Eastwood either. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. I, I think someone was. I think Ricky Steamboat was the only only baby face that never worked heel. And you know, he always told me he wanted to work heel, but it's just promoters never believed that anybody would ever boo him. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. He told me one time Vince told him that he could give him a chainsaw and and go to the ring and people would still cheer. You know? <laughs> so I think Ricky Steele was probably the only wrestler that never, you know, never switched back uh, and forth. He, he uh, and it's just because I don't think anybody would ever boo it. Yeah. Well, uh, George, this has been an awesome conversation. And I'll tell you, man, I was there and you uh, – you you wowed that crowd. They loved you uh, as much. Uh, it, you raised the heat level in there. They they uh, booed you, and, Man, and uh, I appreciate it. it was great. And uh, I, I can't wait to see you back when everything uh, settles down. And it's right. awesome to hear uh, how well you've been doing, and you're still doing it, really. Yeah, still getting it done. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, buddy, I know you're busy, Sean. I just appreciate your time today, my friend. And and we'll we'll see each other again. We'll oh, yeah. we'll get this mess out of here and. And, uh, and we'll be hopefully be back to doing what we love, my friend. So, how can folks uh, follow you or get in touch with you? I know uh, you're yes, sir. Uh, I'm very old school. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. I, I tell you, I just got an old website. You know, it sounds crazy nowadays when everybody's got everything else. But just georgesouth.com. I've got uh, my information about my school, uh, my phone number, emails. Everything's on that. You know, georgesouth.com, and 
they can, uh, uh, you know, I still uh, live out in the country, so I, uh, it may take me a few days to get back in touch with them, and I love it, but, but no, I definitely will. They can just go to georgesouth.com, and, man, they can, they can find me uh, uh, through that, and I'll be sure to get back in touch with them. It goes to about my book. It's got everything about my school, everything they need to know they can find on there, my friend. All right, folks, check out georgesouth.com. George, thank you so much for coming on Primetime. Thank you, my friend. Yes, sir. God bless you, buddy. Thank you. All right, there you have it, George Southman. What a fascinating guy, isn't he? Uh, and really, uh, he's done it all. Absolutely done it all. I mean, <laughs> that guy. And, and uh, you know, he's still moving around the ring, uh, doing it. Uh, you see, if you catch that episode that he's in of, uh, of Circle Squared, he's still, you know, uh, moving around that ring pretty well. And... Uh, has uh, passed this on this wisdom to many others. He's got a wrestling school that uh, if you're interested uh, in uh, getting involved in professional wrestling, he's somebody you should at least uh, check out. And um, I'm sure he'd give you great advice anyway, but uh, you know, George South is somebody who has really uh, worked his ass off in this business and loves it. You can just tell in his voice, he's just so passionate about it and it's been his whole life. Uh, pretty much you know that's that's it for him that he uh has been doing this and uh and keeps at it uh, i just hope that um, you know he's going to able be able to recover uh as uh, many 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 others out there going through all this but uh really enjoyed that conversation i hope you did as well uh folks as i said at the uh, top of the podcast before we got to the conversation with george that uh, you can catch all our content uh, early and ad-free, uh, all you have to do is go to Primetime Mooney uh, at, uh, or, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. It's uh, patreon.com slash Mooney, patreon.com slash Mooney For as little as $4.99, you get all of that content early and ad-free. And as I said, we're doing a lot more with the video. I hope you're enjoying those episodes that we have. Uh, like, for example, the one with Aaron Stevens we did on Skype with video, and uh, you actually get to see his expressions throughout this and and we had a a a very lively conversation starting it out with the heel pigs and uh, did i tell you did i tell you that was a great story if you haven't listened to it yet please do but uh anyway uh that was uh, a fun episode and i really enjoyed talking to george as we uh, uh we'll find out how he fares whenever we get back to circle square to see how he how he uh did in that competition but uh, it won't matter. I mean, that guy just keeps going. And uh, as he said, uh, he gets a lot of bookings. He works, I don't know how many weeks out of the year. It sounds like pretty much all of them, whether he's making an appearance, he says like three days a week, he's on the road somewhere. And then, of course, he's got a school and everything else going on. So, uh, But he's uh, just a classic example of one of those people out there that, you know, they don't know. They got a job from one day to the next. And many of these uh, independent wrestlers out there, they're not under contract to anybody. And uh, right now it is a really, really difficult time for them. So any opportunity you get to buy their uh, merchandise, um, please do. Um, that, uh, that is a source of income for them. And when, of course, they get back in the ring, I hope you will wholeheartedly support them and uh, get out and, and watch them uh, perform their art, and that's really what it is. These guys just uh, work their asses off, and uh, George South is absolutely one of them. Okay, so I'd uh, love to uh, hear from you on uh, uh, through Gmail. You can get in touch with me at uh, 
primetimemooney at gmail.com. That's primetimemooney at gmail.com. Be sure and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at primetimemooney. And uh, other than that, man, uh, I I just hope you guys are all uh, doing well and staying safe and staying healthy, you and your loved ones. And keep listening. We've got lots of content for you to keep you occupied in the meantime. And uh, like I said, we're all going to get through this. I hope that uh, there are some positive aspects of this that uh, you are uh, taking part in and, and, you know, being in touch with your family and your friends and uh, taking care of each other. So with that, uh, thanks again for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. 